Acts chapter 16 this morning. Acts chapter 16. All right, we're going to dismiss our kids at this time. Any kids that don't leave, um, it has nothing to do with it. But uh, <laughs> kids, go ahead and go to. I know it's not a good paper airplane. Do we have any visitors today? I am mostly good with uh, sledgehammers. I just want you to know that. It's for an illustration here in just a few minutes, so just bear with me. All right, Acts chapter 16 this morning. Acts chapter 16. I know we're getting towards the end of the summer. A lot of our people are gone, but I'm thankful that you are here today. All right, I got a, a series of questions to ask to kind of start things with, and then got a couple illustrations to get into the message this morning. Because as we talked about last week, again, we're on this journey, and Paul is about to venture off into his second missionary journey. Uh, things happened last week with Timothy. I had to go through really a uh, ritualistic rite. He had to give up some rites of his, go through circumcision, but it was all for the sake of the gospel. Wanted to make sure that the gospel would go forward. Uh, and as we get to chapter 16, verse 6 through 10, we're going to just break it down about five verses this morning. But as we get to this, we see some interesting things for Paul and his team going forward. Now, let me ask a couple questions, first of all. First question is this, how flexible are you? I'm not talking about like I can, you know, bend down, touch my toes, because I can't even really do that. How flexible are you? How many are? How many would say I'm pretty flexible? Not in the like, you know, aerobics fashion. How many say you're pretty flexible? Raise your hand. All right, Mary. Yes, we got a couple other ones. All right, very good. How many would say you are not flexible? Not flexible at all. So we got some honest people. All right. Um, let's continue on. I was going to go off on that, but let's not. Um, have you ever been inconvenienced by a detour? You ever been inconvenienced by a detour? I know we're laughing. Uh, what makes the detour so inconveniencing in our lives? Somebody want to just share something? What makes detour so inconveniencing in our life? Mike? Usually not planned. Usually not planned. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. You don't like sit down before you leave and like, I know there's going to be six detours on this plan, or route, so I'm going to go. Yeah, we don't plan that. Brother Alan? Time consuming? Yes. Debbie? That's, that's good. It takes you in a direction you weren't planning. Marcus? Throws your schedule off. Andrew? Gets you further from the destination sometimes. Yes, Benicia? The fear of getting lost. Yes. Let me, uh, let me turn the air on. It's actually kind of warm in here. It's like 73 in here. So. I know some of you guys keep your house at like 80, but uh, we'll go ahead and crank it down a little bit. All right. Um, anybody else? What are some of the inconveniencing things about detours? Anybody else? I mean, we've answered a lot of them. Makes you late. Makes you late, yeah. Some of you are like, yeah, that's why I'm late every single service, Pastor. There's always a detour. <laughs> Liar! I'm sorry, sorry. I don't know what that came from. Yes, Natasha? It's frustrating. It's frustrating, yes, exactly. Um, now, again, some of these questions kind of go hand in hand. How many have ever had, it goes with the detours, but how many have ever had a part of your life that did not go as according to plan. Oh yeah, right? I mean, that's all of us. That is life in general. You know, again, kind of with detours and, and planning, we don't necessarily wake up thinking, okay, I wonder what is going to go wrong today. Now, some of you might. Like, I wonder what's going to go wrong today, and how can I just, you know, jump into it full head uh, of steam? Life doesn't always go according to plan. <clears throat> you know, I've used this illustration many times before, and it's really obviously personal to me. This past uh, weekend, Friday, we celebrated the death anniversary of our firstborn son, Logan, who passed away nine years ago 
on July 30th, which is hard to believe. That was something that definitely did not go according to my plans, according to my wife's plans. We did not, when we received the news that she was pregnant, did not, you know, expect, okay, our, our child within really just about a year is going to be dead. He's going to be in heaven. We didn't anticipate that at all. And even after he was born and made it through uh, the first open heart surgery and was a day from the second, we did not anticipate him leaving this earth. So for my own life, that was something that definitely did not go according to my plans. And, you know, I kind of posted something on Facebook, some real life moments, you know, with that and some things that, you know, God has taught me. But what I've learned is that obviously, and I think all of us have learned that life doesn't go according to our plans. But God wants to use sometimes the detours to teach us some very important principles, some very important lessons. Look, the truth is all of us have problems, right? Every single one of us in here have problems. Paul had problems throughout his ministry. But here's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we going to be the type of Christian, listen to this, that focuses more on the problems or looks to God for the solution? See, it's very easy to look at our problems and think all, all we see is the problem. Or as a Christian, we realize, okay, there is someone greater than my problem, right? Who is greater than our problem? Our, our loving Father, so are we looking at the problem or are we looking to the solution to the problem? Now, here's the main idea before I really kind of get into a couple of illustrations this morning. You want to write this down, go ahead. The main idea of this message, this passage this morning is this. God can be trusted to find a way when there seems to be no way. Let me say that again. God can be trusted to find a way when there seems to be no way. A perfect passage on this in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Or you could say it this way. God will show you the right door when all other doors keep closing. God will show you the right door when all other doors keep closing. How many have ever experienced that? Doors that have closed in your life for one reason or another. Well, sometimes we were the one that closed it. Sometimes it wasn't us. We didn't anticipate that. So let's just jump into this. Uh, passage this morning, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Again, coming on the heels of what just took place uh, with Paul and Timothy, asking him to give up some of his spiritual rights. Verse number 6. Now when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now that's important. After they were to come to Mycenae, they assumed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mycenae, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. This is the vision of the Macedonian. Most of us maybe have heard of this. Maybe we haven't. The Macedonian calls, it's often referred to. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, Paul had seen the vision, immediately we, what this is talking about here is that Luke, the author of Acts, is now joining their team. Before it was always they, now it's we. He's joining their team. Endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Let me go ahead and pray, and we'll jump into it this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that you be with us for the next few minutes this morning as we study your word and look at some very important principles about really finding the right door. God, we've all had detours in our life that we did not plan. We've all had moments that 
did not go according to our plan. Lord, I've had many of those, whether it be life or even ministry, things that happened that I was not expecting, I was not anticipating, I was not planning for, it wasn't on my calendar, but that's what happened. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to learn some very fruitful, important lessons from these five or six verses this morning with Paul and his team as they're endeavoring to share the gospel, which is what you've called us to do. And as they're endeavoring to share the gospel, doors close right in front of them for one reason or another. And Lord, it's very easy to get discouraged when doors start closing. But God, I pray that you'd help us to realize that there is a reason for those closing doors, that there is something that you are trying to teach us, something that you want us to learn in and through this situation. Lord, we love you. Christ in my pray. Amen. Um, Michael, before I get to the, uh, my illustration, let me, uh, let's throw up that map, if you would. So Paul's second missionary journey. I know it is kind of hard to see, but uh, so again, we have Paul and his team. They originally had started in Antioch. This is the church that sent him out. And this is the second journey. So where he is going to be going in the, the red route, and I know, again, probably being farther away, you can't see it as much. But all of this area right here, I feel like, you know, Vanna White or a weather guy or something like that. Um, <laughs> All of this area, I need a green screen, but anyway, all of this area right here, this uh, area known as Asia, uh, really kind of modern-day Turkey, these uh, yellow dots are where many of those churches are in Revelation that John had written to. Uh, the seven churches in Revelation that we've already studied in that series, we have Ephesus, Philadelphia, uh, Smyrna, Thyatira, uh, Pergamum, or, or Pergamos, uh, so many different places. So again, Paul's vision, or not necessarily vision, Paul's plan was to take the gospel into Asia at this time. That's what he felt best of what he needed to do. He had already kind of reached to, to Cyprus and Cilicia and, and Pamphylia and Perga, and that's kind of where some of those problems happened, where he was, uh, you know, stoned and left for dead. So now his plan was, you know, uh, Tarsus was where he was from, going up there in Derby and Lystra and all the way through into Asia. He wanted to even go into uh, Bithynia and, and Pontus and other regions. But here, here's the truth of it. The places he wanted to go, God didn't want him to go. Now, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit, or it doesn't mean that, that God didn't want the gospel to get out. What it meant was that God had other plans. And what we see in this text, now stay with me here, there's, there's something important that we're going to see here. What we see, uh, verse number six, now when they had gone throughout Pergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. So the aim for the team was probably to go through Colossae and Ephesus, but something happened. They were met with a problem. All of a sudden, they're trying to open a door and the Holy Spirit says no. So let's, let's try to illustrate it. It'd be like, you know, me today, like, okay, here's the door where we need to go in. So I'm going to try to... That was weird. Uh, this is the... Okay. This is the door where... That's weird. Uh, obviously, that door doesn't work. So let's try another door, okay? Uh, that door is not working. Something is wrong with it. Something's messed up. So let's try this door. I think this is... Okay, that's not working either. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure this is... The... No, seriously, this is the door we're supposed to, whatever. Um, did that ever happen to you? Yeah, guys, you can come out, thank you. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. It is awesome with those closing of the doors. The Holy Spirit, guys. Holy Spirit over there, you can come out. <laughs> Holy Spirit, are you in here? The door is just shutting. You want to go back to your seat? 
I guess he's stuck. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy the message. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just wants to stay. Holy Spirit is staying because that door is closed. The other door is now open to me. Man, great illustration. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Colin. I appreciate that. All right. So just a simple illustration, you know, uh, sometimes, hey, there it is. I give him a hand now. All right. Awesome. Colin, you did awesome. Logan, you did awesome too. Um, Again, sometimes, you know, we're trying to open a door and it gets shut, right? For whatever reason, we're trying to go through a path or a passageway and in our minds, this is good. This is it. But sometimes the Holy Spirit has other plans. Again, has that ever happened to you? I think many of us, yes, that has happened to us. You know, it's happened many times in my life and I don't have enough time to really get into all of the times in my life that it's happened. But I have wanted to do something so desperately, and God said, nope, not yet. Okay, let me try something else. Nope, not yet. You know, sometimes we can even pray that God closes the door. I've prayed that. Uh, I think of when I came here to, to Eagle Drive and Decatur almost six years ago, uh, going into the process of trying to find the right church for us, you know, there were many what I thought open doors going into ministry opportunities and, and potential places for us to pastor and, and kind of take up roots. And there was a, I mean, there was, there was one in Wisconsin and that door closed. There was one, um, I mean, there was honestly, there were all over California, Georgia. Um, there was a good one in South Carolina that I was really kind of setting my heart to. And I, I just kept praying. I said, God, if this is your will, please let it clearly be known to me. And if this is not your will, then I want you to close this door. And if you do close this door, now this is, isn't always how God works, but I, I said, God, if this is the door that you don't want us to go through, if this is the door you want closed, close it and then show us something immediately, open something else. And it was amazing that that's exactly how it happened, that as soon as that door closed for the opportunity in South Carolina, I was looking for that because, you know, it's like four hours from Myrtle Beach and like golf heaven. Like, man, this is obviously of God. And God's like, nope, it's not of me. So, boom, door shut. But as soon as that door was shut, literally the next day I got a call from one of the guys on the pulpit committee here. And they wanted to set up a phone interview. And all of a sudden, you know, the rest is history. Again, that's not what I intended. That's not what I planned. You know, all right, let's, let's put it another way. There's, there's a reason why I'm kind of taking my time on the introduction today. How many would like it if this happened to you? You came home. Do I have any volunteers, first of all? Mia? I can straighten out that elbow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, how many would like it, parents, if you came home and all of a sudden there was a entryway where there wasn't supposed to be an entryway. Kevin, that happened? Christina, it happens all the time? Who said it happens all the time? Mary, it happens all the time. Oh, because it's Justin. <laughs> Not necessarily Jared. Jared, what are you doing? <laughs> That's great. Um, but imagine, okay, it wasn't your husband. That's actually trying to build something. Imagine it's your kids and you come home and like, you know, there's a big hole in the wall because they're trying to make a doorway into somewhere else that wasn't supposed to be there. Some of you kids are getting ideas. Don't do this, please. Don't. It's not what I'm saying. How many parents would be excited about that? Anybody? 
Why? Okay. Why wouldn't you be excited about that? If you came home and all of a sudden there's a doorway where there is not supposed to be a doorway because your kids took a sledgehammer. You know, Billy asked, do you know how to use this? I said, I do know how to use this. I don't know how to put it back together, but I can use this. Why wouldn't we be excited about that? Ryan? Because your wife is going to harass you until you fix it. Rodney? Exactly. Unexpected expense in repairing it. Uh, what else? What else? Man, would you be happy if, because Nate was talking about that actually yesterday. He didn't know about the message. He's like, man, I really want to cut a hole so I can have a little secret doorway. I'm like, you know my message. Like, no, let's, let's not do that. I can just see him trying to cut a little hole to have a secret doorway into his playroom, which is right next door. Like, all you have to do is go around like two extra feet in the hallway. It's not a big deal. What else? What are the reasons, parents, you wouldn't be happy about, you wouldn't be excited about if that happened to you? Anybody? Could be dangerous. Yes, exactly. What else? What else? Marcus? Yeah, I feel like it's been vandalized. Yeah, that's true. Yes. They didn't ask. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Justin, do you always ask when you cut holes? Okay, okay. I don't want to get into a... I don't want to get into a marriage dispute here. I don't know why that came up. But anyway, um, you know, most of us wouldn't like that. But here's the reality. Here's what Christians do sometimes. You know, God is, is shutting a door or closing a door. And we're like, you know what, God? I'm going to stand here at this door until you open it. Or I'm not going to do this. Don't worry. But, you know, God... I. I think there needs to be a doorway here because then we can have easy access outside. So, you know what? I'm just going to cut my own door. Again, how many have ever done that? I'm not saying you've tried to cut your own door, but here's the truth, guys. Here's the truth. Many Christians do this. Many Christians do this. God has clearly shutting a door, and we're like, you know what? I don't like what you said. So I am going to stand at this door until you open it, or I'm going to cut my own door. We do that. Some of you guys are shaking your head because you know you're that person. Now, the point of all this is that, here's the, here's the truth. And don't, don't get it on the slides yet, guys, because we're not there. Some of the things that we're doing in our life might be good things. We might be trying to go through doors to try to reach people with the gospel, but if they're not the door that God has for us, should we go through them? No. So remember that. Now, God wants his children to be followers of him, to go and to evangelize the world, right? To reach people with the gospel. That is clear from his message before his ascension in Acts chapter 1, where he says, hey, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all areas and all regions and all people groups. So in Paul's mind and his team, it was a natural progression to, to go to some of those areas. It wasn't a bad thing. But here's the, the, the overarching theme of this passage is what we learn. Our plans must be flexible to God's plans. Our plans must be flexible to God's plans because in Paul's mind, his plan was to go into Asia and to Bithynia to all of these places to reach people with the gospel. It was a natural progression. They had probably talked about it, maybe even prayed about it, that, okay, this is what we need to do. And as soon as they went one place, boom, door was shut. Okay, let's try something else. Boom, door was shut. 
The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, forbade them or did not allow them to speak or did not allow them to go to those places. So they could have been like many of us and been stubborn, like that stubborn kid. Uh, Noah is our definitely stubborn kid. Now, Nate is too, but there's many times where Noah doesn't get his way from one parent. You know what he does? He goes to the other parent. And many of your kids are probably the same way. You know, Noah is like a, a candy junkie. So he'll go in, in the morning and ask Amanda for candy. And I can hear like, no, you don't need any candy. And then he's like, hey, dad, can I have some candy? I try to be all sweet. No, your mom just said. And then he goes right back and it's just back and forth and back and forth. And then a lot of times like, fine, just do it. Get your candy. Uh, at least that's me. It's not Amanda. Um, but the, the point is we, we have to be flexible to God's plans. And these verses show us some important things. The plan was to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit shut that door. Then they planned to go to Bithynia, but they weren't permitted to go there either. Paul would later go into Asia Minor on his third missionary journey. But this wasn't the timing of it. Now, the Spirit is at work here. The Spirit is trying to guide them. And the Holy Spirit must guide us. And that's why we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. That's why we must be praying and seeking God and seeking Him through His Word. That's why it's very important before we just plow away, right, Ryan? To just, okay, what does the Holy Spirit want me to do? What does the Lord want me to do? Because there are things in our life that we can think are good things, but there might not be the best thing that God wants us to do. And here's what we learn with that, the fact that our plans must be flexible to God's plan. Write this down. A good plan is not always the right plan. A good plan is not always the right plan. Look, one thing that we see here, and that I have had to learn and am still learning in life is this, that God's guidance often comes gradually and unpredictably. God's guidance often comes gradually and unpredictably. I like what Tim Keller said. He says, It is often like a mountainous road on which you often labor hard, doubling back and seeming to get nowhere until you come to some vantage point where you can see the big picture and see how much progress you've made and where you're going. And I love that illustration. Again, you know, you're like, you're climbing up a mountain. Like, am I getting anywhere? Is the end in sight? And all of a sudden you come to a place where you see the bigger picture. You see the whole, and that's what God is trying to teach us. Now listen to me, listen to me. This is very important, all of us in the message today. Just because God says no, just because God closes one door, or two doors, or ten doors, doesn't mean He closes all doors. And as we continue to see through this text and in the coming weeks, we're going to look at more problems the team encounters, but we're going to look at more blessings as well. And the principle that we're discovering within this is that each problem they faced just brought another opportunity. So understand that a good plan is not always the right plan. Second thing is this. We need humility to recognize when God says no. We need humility to recognize when God says no. Because sometimes we are too prideful and too stubborn God is saying no. He's clearly telling us no. He's clearly shutting a door. Nope, I'm going to open it, God. I don't really care what you said. Again, many of us could probably raise our hands because we were that way. But this just seems too good to be true. And I think one illustration for many of us is job situations sometimes. Well, this is $88,000 more than I'm making now, so obviously this is the right door. I mean, if you have an $88,000 increase, then maybe you should go through it. But anyway, uh, you think about that like, this is the right opportunity. But if God is trying to clearly show you along the way that, nope, this is not going to work, and he's 
clearly shutting doors and all you're doing is like, nope, no, nope, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just me getting scared. Look, I've been there. I'm not saying I've ever had an $88,000 like pay increase opportunity, but there's been times where I'm like, I can clearly see signs and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I don't think that's the Holy Spirit. I talk myself out of it, right? You've been there? You know, Christians do this a lot of times, and it's not just with the job situations, it's with a lot of things. You know, how, how many have ever done this? How many have ever tried to lit- literally open a door that was not meant to be opened? Like, what? Yeah, like an escape room, yeah. It's not opening. You're not supposed to open it, lady. Get off the door. Or, you know, you're opening it this way, and it's actually supposed to open the other way. You ever done that? Yeah. That's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> you're like, oh, oh. I mean, it's funny for the people watching, like, oh, that's awesome. Some of you guys can do that to your kids today. You know, switch the way the door is supposed to go and just watch them. Put them on camera. America's Funniest Videos. I'm getting too many ideas. This is bad. But it's embarrassing. And the point I'm making is this. Determination is a good quality to have. But determination easily degenerates into stubbornness. Again, if, if that door wasn't supposed to open this way, and again, for, for illustration purposes, you know, put my foot here, but it's like, it's going to open. And I keep trying. Eventually, what am I going to do? I'm going to mess up the door. And then I'm going to have to fix it. I'm going to have to, or I'll call Justin to fix it, actually. Um, but <laughs> if Paul, listen, if Paul had surrendered to stubbornness, he would have pressed on into Asia. Now, this is important. He could have easily been like, you know what? This is what we need to do. Or, listen, if he would accepted no the first time the Spirit stopped him, he'd have thought, you know what? I'm not going to try this again. He's already said no once, so the next time he tries to say no, I'm going to do it anyway. Paul could have done that, couldn't he have? Yes, And I think Luke has this in here to teach us some important lessons that Paul could have said, you know what, Uh, he's already shut the door once, but I really feel like this is what we need to do. We're trying to reach people with the gospel. So if if he does it again, we're still going to go because we've been there and you've been there and you know who I'm talking about, your own self. (laughs) Where God has clearly shut a door, I don't really care, I'm going to go through this. Well, we need determination in the Christian life. All it does is turn to stubbornness. God is trying to show us a better path, and nope, I can't see that better path because I'm too, too stubborn and, and too prideful because I can't humble myself and think, maybe God has another plan. Maybe He has something else He is trying to teach me. And that's what I learned, and that's what I've learned this week in studying this. And a great, it's a great passage as we just continue on. I, I've learned that, you know, Paul... I'm sure there were times where he was prideful and and stubborn in his own right. But in this instance, he teaches us humility. He recognized that God was kind of putting on the brakes. And Paul accepted that at the moment that he had no idea what he was meant to do. So think about that in your own life. When God pumps the brakes, and then there's some, some of us that are like still trying to press the gas as hard as we can, But God has pumped the brakes, and Paul recognized that. He's like, okay, I'm letting off. What are you going to do now, Lord? You see, that's where we need to come to. I don't understand what's next because I thought I had a plan in place. I thought I had a vision of what I was supposed to do. Obviously, this isn't it, so let me step back, Lord. You know, 
Most leaders struggle with this. And they find it difficult to admit. I know I do. When a plan doesn't go the way I think it should go, or God kind of puts the brakes on that plan, I don't always accept it with grace. But it's not just leaders, it's Christians. Now think about it. To accept uncertainty is extremely difficult, is it not? I mean, is anyone just like, yeah, bring on all the uncertainty in my life. Now that's life, but we want to kind of know what's going to happen, right? That's why we plan, and that's why we have calendars, and, and we, for me, you pencil things in instead of pin things in, because I've learned that things don't always work that way, but it's good to have plans. There's nothing wrong with that. Planning is important. But some of the reasons, listen, why we don't accept uncertainty is because we're afraid it's due to sometimes maybe our lack of faith. Or maybe a failure of vision or a breakdown of our prayer life. So you know what we continue to do? We continue to press on with our plans. I think a great example of this, of you know, understanding and having humility to recognize when God says no. You know, there's many instances in the Bible, but I think a great example is when Samuel was choosing the next king of Israel. Saul was the king at the time, and where did he go? He went to the house of Jesse. Now, in his mind, probably, and even Jesse's mind, okay, it's got to be one of my older sons because they're older, they're wiser, they're stronger. Uh, they got it all figured out. So what does he do? He brings them out, the older sons, and he leaves the youngest because it's just the youngest. Like, there's no way God's going to use this kid. Let's just leave him tending sheep. But, uh, you know, it's a, as the passage goes, and even the song, you know, one by one, Jesse's sons, they came and, nope, 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 it's not it, it's not it, it's not it. And Jesse probably could have been like, no, no, it's got to be this guy. I mean, look at him, he's strong, he, he's got what it takes to be a king. Samuel's like, and there's someone else? I mean, yeah, but he's just a puny little scrawny kid. He's just this teenager, you know, he's out there in the fields watching the sheep, why don't you bring him in? Sure enough, he brings him in, and that's the one. Again, our plans aren't always God's. But God also saved Paul from relying on his own wisdom. Again, determination must always be softened with humility to accept the answer no. And most of us don't like that. Again, think of it as parents. Don't you love it when you ask your kids to do something? No. Hey, that's awesome. Why don't you say that again? No. Say it again. See where it gets you. That's my sarcasm coming out. And then we blow up. Again, our, our kids, you know, Nate and Noah, they both struggle with this. And Noah, four years old, he's going through it, you know, because he can't accept no. <laughs> because then he goes to someone else. Then he goes to someone else. And then if we're at church, he's already bypassed us because we've said no. He goes to someone else, and then they usually give it to him. Thank you, people. Yeah, we should make a shirt, put it on his tag. He can't have what he is asking for, okay? Don't give it to him. But the problem for Paul and his team were this, closed doors. But closed doors weren't really the problem. Because all they did, listen, all those closed doors did was lead to another opportunity. And here's the next point. Closed doors led to the opportunity of a clear direction. Closed doors lead to the opportunity of a clear direction. Look, seasons of perplexity don't last forever. 
Acts is a book of action. But as we're actively living on mission, we must always follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing I am learning and have learned, and I'm still learning over and over and over, almost six years that I've been here, that I must follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Because there have been many times where Chris Thorne had a plan in place, and God said, nope, shut the door. Okay, let's try this. Try this. Nope, shut the door. door and just step back and let me lead you. And when I step back and allow God to lead and the Holy Spirit to lead, things were so much better. But again, some of us are too stubborn, too proud to think, I have to do this, Lord. It's what you called me to. No, I called you to myself so that you would follow me, so that you'll be sensitive. David Livingston, great missionary of the past, he once said this, without Christ, not one step. Basically, if Christ isn't in your corner, never take a step. But with him, you can go anywhere. And that's the truth. If Christ isn't leading in a certain direction, you should not go that direction. But if he is, you go with him wherever that might be. But usually knowing God's will, it's, it's almost like driving in the fog. Don't you love driving in the fog? God gives just enough light to see the next few feet. And as we follow, He gives us the light that we need to keep moving forward, to keep moving ahead. Now, Paul is not rebuked for wanting to go into Asia and Bithynia. He was doing what he thought was best, but verse number 8, let's continue on. And they, passing to Mycenae, came down to Troas. So he's led to the last of the last city of Troas. Uh, put the map up there again, Michael, please. So Troas, it's the last city way up here. Again, this is the area he wanted to go in. He was also trying to go into Bithynia. So they're here now. So just leave it up there for just a minute. They come to Troas. This is the ancient city of Troy, whose people fought the Trojan War against the Greeks. But now look at what happens next to Paul in this ancient city. Just leave it up there for just a minute. I know we've got some verses to read. But verse number 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia. So we've got Paul and his team in Asia. Macedonia is across the Aegean Sea. Up in the left corner. It's not where Paul intended to go, was it? No, if you're not paying attention, it wasn't. Paul didn't intend to go there. But God had other plans, so he's accepting these plans. They come to Troas, him and his team. Uh, he falls asleep, and while he's asleep, it's not that he's just dreaming, he has a vision. And in this vision, there is a man, this Macedonian. We don't know who this is. A lot of commentaries have argued who they think it is. But again, Luke doesn't tell us, so we don't know. But there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. That's a strong calling, a strong vision. Saying, hey, we need help. We need someone to show us the way. We need someone to, to reveal the truth of the gospel to us. Verse number 10. And after he had seen the vision, after Paul had seen this, immediately, then we have one of the first of three we passages in Acts. What I mean by this is Luke, the author, up to this point has always talked about them, they, others. Now he is joining in 
on the journey. Now we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, for Paul, Macedonia probably wasn't even on the list. It wasn't an option. Option one, let's go to Asia, Nicaea, let's go in that area. Option two, okay, let's go to Bithynia and Pontus. Door one's closed, door's two closed. Okay, where am I supposed to go? Now, some people would be this. I'm just going home then. Obviously, it's not going to work out. God doesn't want me to do anything, so let me just go home. That's not what he's teaching us either. Again, just because one door is shut, two doors were shut, doesn't mean it's time to go home and retreat. Maybe it's time to step back. And again, this is important. Listen to me, church. Because there are many times in our life where we should be active. And we should always be active in our faith. Pushing forward where God wants us to push. But there are times where it's time to step back. Now, some people stay in the step back area. I'm waiting for God to clearly open a door. Well, he's already opened one, but you're too stubborn to even see it. I mean, this was plan Z, really, probably for Paul. Initially, he had no intention of going there. But Asia had proved wrong, Bithynia had proved wrong, and, and now he has this vision. And if Paul had stuck with plan A, the missionary band would have been heading to the wrong continent, a place where God did not want them to go at this time. Would God lead them there? Yes, but not at this time. Now, the area of Macedonia is real it's really, it's the gateway to Europe. It's, that's really what Up to this point in history, the gospel had been limited in, in Asia and there in Syria and places like that. Hasn't really reached out farther. And many historians credit Paul's heeding of the Macedonian call with the spread of Christianity into Europe and the Western world. You know where we are? The Western world. So this is important. And again, God could have easily used someone else. If Paul's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go this. I'm going to go east. I'm going to go north. He could have used someone else. But the important thing is that because Paul was sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, Paul was instrumental in the gospel spreading into Europe. And amazing things happen in Europe if you study history of the church. But then also, what, in the 1600s, the Puritans left England to come to America. That's important too. All because back in Acts chapter 16, a guy said, you know what? Door one was closed where I, I know I have to go this way. Nope. Okay, I know I have to go this way. Nope. I don't know where to go. All right, guy, why don't you lead me? Why don't you teach me? Why don't you show me? Again, I look at my own life for ministry, and this is just for me. You know, for me, honestly, when I, when I was going into looking to, to pastor, here, here, were, here were my places. Colorado, because I learned to love Colorado and beautiful state, so my heart was set on just staying there. Let's stay in Colorado. I mean, the ball flies a mile out there, like golf. I mean, it's awesome. But anyway, um, Colorado or somewhere Midwest. That's where I grew up. That's what I was used to. Never considered South, Southeast, Texas. I mean, in my mind, like, no, I don't want to go to Texas. 
man, it's like it's hot. Like, I, I don't want to go there. I mean, everyone's, I don't know. I'm just not going to go there. But I never considered Texas. Because in my mind, no, I don't, I don't want to go to Texas. I didn't necessarily have any bad thoughts about Texans, but I didn't want to go to Texas. But God shut several doors Midwest. He shut several doors in the West. And like, hey, here's where I want you to go. And I could have tried to press it. I could have like flown out there to some of those places. You need me. <laughs> that would have been stupid. That would have been foolish. But you see what I'm saying? We do this. Now, Paul planted several churches in Macedonian cities, and we're going to look at this next week more in depth, because the first church that he planted was in a place called Philippi. I've never heard of Philippi. It's where he wrote the letter to the Philippians. It's a great letter. Amazing things took place, and what we'll see is some amazing things take place with that next week. I mean, churches were established there. Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth. These churches were important in the growth of the early church, and they enjoyed long-term relationships with the apostles. One commentary writes this on this passage. He says this, listen, authentic turning points in history are few, but surely among them are that of the Macedonian vision ranks very high. Because of Paul's obedience at this point, the gospel went westward, and ultimately into Europe and the Western world, they were evangelized. Christian response to the call of God is never a trivial thing indeed, as is in this instance. Great issues and untold blessings may depend on it. You know, I'm sure Paul had his frustrations. We learned that he, later on, that he dealt with his own depression. It's a real thing. You know, I'm sure it was a struggle for Paul, but also for his team. They're frustrated, they're anxious, they're, they're ready to go. But here's the application, here's the principle that we need to see. We must see that God is leading us, or I guess I should say it this way. We must see when God is leading us. And Paul was humble enough to see that God had closed doors, closed doors. Where am I supposed to go? Okay, he's not leading here, he's not leading there. Where are you leading? Now, here's a good question to ask yourself. Listen, can you trust God enough to see his closed doors? Can you trust God enough to see his closed doors? Again, back in verses 9 and 10, they had this Macedonian call, and the awesome thing for Paul is that the open doors showed up after he accepted the closed doors. You get that? The open door for Paul showed up after he came to the realization that those doors were shut. Is that a bad thing? Just because the door shuts? No, it's not. Sometimes it's trying to protect you of things, of your own stubbornness, your own will, things that you don't need to do. Well, Paul could have easily got given up. He could have just kept going on to Asia, but he didn't do that. And sometimes the open door might already be in front of us. But sometimes we ignored it because we were trying to cut new doors. Well, I'm going to try to cut this door into this area, into this path, because this is what I want to do. And God says, no. Now, he'll allow our own stupidity to cut the door. He really will. But it's not going to receive the full extent of blessings. And sometimes we're like, I cut this door, and all of a sudden things are going great. Well, there's going to come a time where God is going to show us clearly that that was not the right direction. 
That was not where I wanted you to go. That is not what I wanted you to do. But you were too stubborn, too foolish to listen to me. And sometimes the door was right in front of us all along, but we just dismissed it. Because I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to that door. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Look, every time when you're discouraged about a closed door, I want to encourage you to take a step back because usually that means God is about to open up another door. Every time a door is closed, step back because God is going to open up a new door. And here's the, here's the closing truth of it all. What God is teaching us is this. Our plans must always be flexible to God's plans. If you can't accept God's closed doors, you'll never be able to see His open doors. If you can't accept God's closed doors, you'll never be able to see His open doors. Because the reality is, and I've seen it countless times in my life, usually when God closes a door, when He says no, there's a reason. Because there is a greater yes waiting for us. But many of us, and it's not even talking about ministry necessarily. It's talking about in life. God has clearly closed the door for our life, and we have just blazed our path, blazed our trail when God said, okay, you can do it, but I had something so much better waiting for you if you just step back and realize that that door was shut. I mean, I, th- I-, I can think about it with people, you know, purchasing things sometimes. I mean, obviously a house is a big purchase. Sometimes we think, this has to be the house that we're supposed to get. And maybe we can see all the red signs and red flags. This isn't it. But no, it has to be because it's the house that I want. God says it's not, but I'm going to do it anyway. Make sense? Maybe he had something greater waiting for us. Maybe a job situation. This has to be it. Look at the pay increase and the benefits. But if it's leading you down a path that you shouldn't go, is that really God or is that you and your own stubbornness? And again, I I don't want to be one of those preachers, and I understand we have to work, and that's important. And there are times where where people miss. I get that. But I, I think I even made the point on Wednesday. If you're always missing church, do you really think that was of God? I mean, if you're always missing church and you come like, you know, once a year, well, this is the only time I'm in town, so I'm going to go now. And the other 51 weeks, you're not in church. Do you really think that's of God? And you can say, well, that's, that's legalistic. No, that's, that's trying to be gospel-centric because we need the family. We need the local church. We need one another. And yes, there are times, and I used to be a lot more stubborn in this in my younger days, that anyone misses church, they're, you know, you know, they're on a dangerous path. Well, no, that, that's, that was foolishness in my own part. I understand there are times where... Certain situations come up and and situations happen. And yes, you need to work. God provided you a job. But if you're always missing and you're always putting work ahead of God, then there's something wrong, people. Our plans must always be flexible to God's plans. If you can't accept his closed doors, then you'll never see his open doors. And again, I can't tell you what your open doors are. Only God can. You know, I I think I've used this before. I don't know how many times I remember my parents saying this, and I just got so frustrated when they said it. You never know what you missed out on because you disobeyed or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. You're just saying that because you didn't really have anything in mind that you're going to do, but because I disobeyed, you're throwing that out there and guilting me. Maybe they did, but probably not. The reality is you missed out on an opportunity because you were too stubborn. 
you know, I think of the song that we sang today. Really, this song has been running through my mind all week with, you know, obviously the, the death anniversary of Logan. But the song, The Battle Belongs. And again, it goes, when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see the mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. In every fear, I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Why? Because the battle belongs to you. If you are for me, who can be against me? With Jesus, there is nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is the cross, Lord, you see the empty tomb. And what a powerful reminder of who God is. And what a powerful section. Before we get into verse 11 through the rest of the chapter, amazing things that happened as Paul and his team went to Philippi. But they never would have experienced that if they didn't humble themselves before a holy God. Closed doors often lead, up, lead to an opportunity of a clear direction. But we must be humble enough to recognize when God says no. And understand that a good plan, it's not always the right plan. That's where it goes back to the flexibility. Some of us are very flexible individuals in the sense of we can kind of roll with the punches. Some of us can't. But our plans must always be flexible to God's plans.